Greetings, Amigops. Welcome back to Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. I am your co-host, Kyle. Opposite me today, as he is every week, is my co-host, Mike. Unlike every week, we are going to do something a little bit different here today. Mike and I have been discussing a while this concept wherein, what if both of us don't know a lot about the topic? What if one of our hosts picks a topic they know well and... We do kind of uh, educational kind of top 10 where the other is still reacting and debating with as much vigor as possible, but we actually kind of try to learn something about something that someone knows really well. So that's what we're going to do today. Mike has a topic he has prepared. I still don't know what it is, and we're going we're gonna to see how this goes. If you have questions about this format, we do too, so we're going to figure it out as we go. So what are we talking about, Mike? All right, Kyle. So as you said, we're going to talk about a slightly more educational topic than usual today. Um, Hopefully someday we can get some real experts, many of whom walk among us, uh, to come and teach us things on this pod. But for today, we're stuck with Professor Me. Um, So what I decided to talk about is what I hope could become a bit of a recurring recurring type of episode. I was thinking about the book Gone Girl. Gone Girl is a great book. It's a book that a lot of people read and really liked. It was a great movie. Um, it's a type of book that was just like, it was made to be a movie. So I thought, what if we did a pod where I went to my little library at my house and I found 10 books that people ought to read if they liked Gone Girl? And yes, I'm fully aware that there is plenty of software on the internets to do this for you, but it doesn't have a top 10 spin on it and it's not from my library. Well, for, I should I should correct you. What you have at your place is not a little library. It is a pretty like sizable library. It's more you own. I think you own more books than probably every other person in my life combined. <laughs> I am very profligate with my book spending. This is an area where I do not cheap out. I cheap out on a lot of random things. Books are not one. I like to have my books. Um, but so in in conceiving this, I decided that the rules would be. Just that's got to be on my shelf, and it's got to be something that I think somebody who read Gone Girl and liked it would like. So that's that's it, and I think that this would be a fun thing to do from time to time where we think about a book or a movie, and we just come up with some related uh, books or movies. Okay. I'm into that. Yeah. So that's the deal. So you're going to know a couple of these books uh, that you will probably have read. Um, so I think what I'm going to do, I've got them, I, uh, the ones that I picked on my desk, I'm going to read the back of the book, give you a little bit about my experience of it, and why I think you should read it. All right. I'm into this. All right. Well, I so think we, let's, could, uh, we could call these episodes, like, if you liked dot, 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 Gone Girl yeah. Edition. Absolutely. I think that's uh, that's clever, and that's why you're the branding guy. You're pretty <laughs> much the everything guy. Um, <laughs> clocking in at number 10 is A Wilderness of Error by Errol Morris. So Errol Morris... Is a very popular documentarian. Uh, he did the Thin Blue Line, which is a, which is a very popular documentary back in the day. So this one is actually about a real life crime. So it's a book, but it reads basically like the script of a documentary movie. Um, there's a lot of evidence sort of interspersed in the pages. There's pictures. There are like there are diagrams. There are a picture lot of book? very a lot. Yes, it's very picture oh. booky. There. Are a lot of elaborate um, timelines constructed. So I'm going to read the back of the book, and you'll know what the hell it's about. So (laughs) 
On February 17th, 1970, Jeffrey McDonald, a Green Beret doctor, called the police for help. When the officers arrived at his home, they found the bloody and battered bodies of McDonald's pregnant wife and two young daughters. The word pig was written in blood on the headboard in the master bedroom. So began one of the most notorious and mysterious murder trials of the 20th century. In this profoundly original meditation on truth and the justice system, Errol Morris, former private detective and Academy Award winning director of the Thin Blue Line, delves deeply into the infamous case and reveals everything that we've been told about is deeply unreliable and that McDonald, who was convicted of the killings in 1979 and remains in prison today, may be innocent. This sounds an awful lot like... Did you watch Making a Murderer? No, but I'm familiar... I watched an episode or two. Don't know why I didn't finish it, because I love it. Uh, that kind of, like, that kind of genre. But I heard it was, it was really good. Yeah. This is interesting. So you said A Wilderness of Error, not A Wilderness of Errol, correct? Isn't that the author's name? Correct. It would be very self-referential to call it that. <laughs> um, I can't believe that's a real crime. That's awful. I'd, I'd like to pretend yeah. that we live in a world where that kind of thing doesn't happen. That sounds particularly gruesome. I'm glad it is that... a gruesome crime. Yes. Yeah, certainly. I, <laughs> I think it's fitting. Like it, it you know, I, I'm gonna immediately show this list to my dad. My dad is like weirdly really into. Any kind of true crime, like dark murder, it has to be really yeah. dark for him to be into it. Yeah. And he's like, he loves the genre. This will be perfect for him. Yeah, this is this is rather dark. It's and as the back cover kind of alludes to, this was a very famous case. So if you were to tell your parents or grandparents about this, they will absolutely know this case. Um, really? Yeah. There was also a movie made. Um, it's probably listed somewhere here, but there was a very famous TV movie made that very strongly implicates this guy, Dr. Jeffrey McDonald, uh, in the murder in a way that the book kind of reveals to be more complicated than you might think. Uh, it's a very interesting book. It explores a lot about what happens when things go wrong in the justice system and we kind of anchor to one particular story. Really interesting. And it also kind of thinks about... Does being a bad person mean that you're a criminal? Um, I, the answer to that question is obviously no, but that's not always the way it plays out. If you're a bad person and you happen to be accused of something really bad, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's interesting. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love picture books, so this is definitely going yeah, on there's, my list. Yeah, there are many pictures, and I love books with pictures. I actually can't read, so this was perfect. It's a, it's a perfect one. This is not a great uh, top 10 to be reading to an illiterate fella named uh, Kyle, but <laughs> generally speaking, we'll get through this. Uh, all right, so number nine is the Magpie Murders. So this is if you're into the lighter side of things. Well, I absolutely agree because I hate magpies. I, I say kill them all. Yes, this is this book. I'm not even going to read the back. It's about it's about a wanderer, a drifter who goes from town to town killing magpies. Uh, it's Wait, very what? satisfying. No, I'm busting your balls. Oh, no. Um, so this one, this one is from one of my favorite writers uh, and a writer who some of you out there will know, a guy named Anthony Horowitz. So Anthony Horowitz is the writer of the Alex Ryder stories. So Alex <laughs> I knew Ryder I knew that was, somewhere. 
You sure do. So Alex Ryder is uh, this basically kid James Bond. So he wrote this very successful series, Stormbreaker, Skeleton Key. There's there's a number of really good novels that he wrote. Um, so Anthony Horowitz is kind of a hired gun. He writes like these kind of pulpy books, but he's a terrific writer. So Magpie Murders is a great book you want to if you want to read something pulpy and mysterious like Gone Girl, but not nearly as dark. Really well written. It's a quick read. There are many layers to this one. Uh, it's a really good book. I'm into it. Do we think reading the back? Do we think reading the back covers a little bit too much? Seem a little long. It's your topic, so I'll, I'll leave it up to you. I guess my question is this: Does the back cover explain why it's called a magpie murder? Because that is something do- I would like to know. It most certainly does not. But when you read it. You will get it. I'll just, I'll give you a quick description of this one. Here's, here's what we're going to go on for now. If I don't remember every little detail of it, I'll read the back cover. If I remember enough, I can, uh, I can do it for you. So basically this one is about a woman who works at a major publishing house and her writer is a very prominent mystery fiction writer. And after he submits his last manuscript, he dies under sort of mysterious circumstances. So this book is really cool because it opens where you're with this editor and she is kind of learning about the writer's death. And then in the middle of the book, you're her reading the manuscript. So the broader setup is this very modern sort of detective story. In the middle is basically an Agatha Christie. So Anthony Horowitz basically wrote two books in this because that the manuscript she's reading is a full novel so this is a really cool really well-crafted book it's a good one okay neat i'm a little disappointed that it's not about murdering actual magpies but when we were when i, sh- I should explain my hate of magpies when we were studying yeah I'd re- i would actually really like to hear how one comes to hate magpies so much have you ever heard of magpie i'm familiar with the the bird well, they're loud as all hell, and they mm. like to make noise very early in the morning. And there were hundreds of them living near where we stayed uh, when we mm. studied abroad in college. And so I, and they're very aggressive. I, um, one of them actually grabbed a French fry out of fiance Allegis's hand, like as she was oh, about wow. to eat it, and then proceeded to beat the poor spud to death on the ground. So Jeez. not a huge fan of magpies. Wow. I don't want to get this too sounds far like a track. much this sounds like a much meaner version of uh uh the old bear's crow that's always just asking for corn. It's exactly like that except way meaner. Yeah. Yeah. And louder. Uh yeah, that's tough. Dumber. Um all right, so number 8 is a book called Twisted River by Siobhan McDonald. So this one if you were to ask somebody for a book that somebody who read Gone Girl would like, this would definitely come up. This is like right down the middle. This is very Gone Girl-esque. I'll, I'll, I'm going to read the back of this one because I, as I recall, there's a house swap involved. It's a little complicated. I'll leave it to the folks uh, who published this to give you um, the details. Basically, my major takeaway from this was that Siobhan McDonald wrote this book. I believe it was her first novel. She's not quite ready for the big leagues. I think she needs another book or two under her belt. 
but she is a really good writer. Like the story itself is not, doesn't totally live up to her writing, but she's a terrific writer. Jillian Flynn esque really can describe a character in like one page. She just you get the character right away. They're not flat characters. She's just really good at describing them quickly. So people get excited. Siobhan McDonald. Hopefully she can write a couple more good books because she's an excellent writer. Uh, Kate and Mannix O'Brien live in Limerick, Ireland in an unusual house they can barely afford. Their son Fergus is bullied at school and their daughter Izzy wishes she could protect him. Kate decides her family needs a vacation and is convinced her luck's about to change when she spots an elegant Manhattan apartment on a home exchange website. Hazel and Oscar Harvey and their two children live in Manhattan. Though they seem successful and happy, Hazel has mysterious bruises and Oscar is hiding things about his dental practice. They too need a change of pace and Hazel has always wanted her children to see her native limerick. The house swap offers a perfect way to soothe two troubled marriages. But when Oscar finds the bloodied body of a woman in the trunk of his host's car, it's just the start of what will be anything but a perfect vacation. I, I could have stopped them right at the beginning. There's just no yeah. scenario where you're like, you know what I'm going to do is send my kids over to Ireland for the summer and I'll just have yeah. these other kids and they'll come to New York and uh, that will definitely uh, soothe my troubled marriage. I'll stop you right there. <laughs> you know, that's how all yeah. these things start. Yeah. But <laughs> with that said, I like the setup. Yeah, it's a very good setup. Like I said, the book itself doesn't, it, the, the plot never quite gets where it needs to go. The writing is really good. So if you're somebody who likes, who likes good writing, she's worth paying attention to. Cause I have a feeling when she gets the right story, she's going to really knock one out of the park. Okay. So she's kind yeah. of like an up and comer. Like yes, a, absolutely. A kind, of, kind of like a knocking on the door prospect in baseball. Yeah, you've seen a couple of bats that make you say, hey, you know, that this kid's got something. That's that's how I felt about this book. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So number seven is a book from a guy who is definitely in the big leagues. He's a vet. He's been around for a while. He's one of my favorite writers. Uh, it's a guy named Joe Lansdale. I think he's one of the best writers out there today. He writes really genre kind of books, so he doesn't get the acclaim I think he deserves. He's got one that I think involves... Elvis is is back to life or something. Very strange. Um, but this book, Savage Season, the one that I'm recommending, is the first in a series called Hap and Leonard. Uh, it was actually just made pretty recently into a TV show on AMC. Um, so it stars Michael K. Williams, who listeners may know as Chalky White from Boardwalk Empire. They may know him as the great... The great sayer of the line, you come at the king, you best not miss from the wire. Uh, you might know him as that guy from the night of, the boxer. He's great. So Savage Season is the first in this set of stories about Happen Leonard. Read anything by Joe Lansdale if you like Jillian Flynn, because what makes Jillian Flynn so good is that she's just a really quick, propulsive writer. She's just She's just fun to read. And that's Joe Lansdale. He writes, this book is a, I looked online. It's 178 pages. Oh, wow. And the plot is legit. There's, there's actually a plot. There's characters and it all, it's done in 178 pages. The guy writes like two books a year and they're always really good. It sounds, this sounds more like Agatha Christie style, kind of like pocket book to have kind of like, in your in your in your handbag to pop out, or is, is it maybe not yeah. quite as not pulpy? But well, no, it's it's pulpy. It just 
it, it it surprises you when you read them they end up hitting you harder than you expect um i'll read the back so you can get a sense of kind of what the hell's going on in these stories a rip-roaring high-octane texas-sized thriller featuring two friends one vixen a crew of washed-up radicals loads of money and bloody mayhem hap collins and leonard pine are best friends yet they couldn't be more different Hap is an East Texas white boy with a weakness for Texas women. Leonard is a gay black Vietnam vet. Together, they store up, stir up more commotion than a firestorm, but that's just the way they like it. Sounds like me and you. It does. So when the next flame of Hap's returns promising a huge score, Hap lets Leonard in on the scam, and that's when things get interesting. Chock full of action and laughs, Savage Season is the masterpiece of dark suspense that introduced Hap and Leonard to the thriller scene. It hasn't been the same since. So he is a really terrific writer. He's written a couple others that I really like. One's called The Bottoms. One's called The Thicket. He wrote one that got made into a movie somewhat recently with um, the guy from Dexter. Um called cold in july so he's uh he's an excellent writer i would recommend this to anybody who liked gone girl savage season terrific book this is a bummer because i already have a really lengthy list of books i want to read and with each book you've added to this list that list has gotten a book longer yeah (laughs) well hopefully i can do this service for all of the listeners and screw with their lives by recommending too many books all right uh I, I assume you had not prepared a not top three. Uh, I did not prepare a not top three. I did not. Books you will not like if you really liked Gone Girl. The Cat in the Hat by Dr. Seuss. Yeah, I'm looking at my book list right <laughs> now. Uh, you probably wouldn't like Tom Brady versus the NFL. Probably uh, not. I did like that one, though. Uh, question-based selling. Probably not great for you uh, Gone Girl readers out there. <laughs> And I'm going to say a fine balance. Probably also not going to like that one. Is that like like literally literal fines? Like is that like a tax yes. thing? Oh, big time. Yeah, it's an excellent book about taxes. Mm, sounds great. Mhm. Okay. Well, that's a fine <laughs> top 3. Yeah, that's the deal. Um all right. So, clocking in at number 6. This one it kind of feels a little bit like cheating. I don't think it's cheating though. So number six is Dark Places, which is, this is also not by. Yeah. So have you read Dark Places? No, but I know okay. that it was written by Julian Flynn, and <laughs> I forgot to mention the other person who's really gonna love this list is Allegis, fiance Allegis, because after she read Gone Girl, she went down this like binge of these kinds of books where all she read were like these dark murder mysteries where women were getting killed and she was like Mm -hmm. darkly fascinated with it for a while and this is probably going to plunge her right back into that but i remember her reading dark places and i don't want to spoil anything there's another jillian flynn that she read i wonder if that'll appear on the list too but i i'm I'm so that that will not appear on the list because i decided i didn't want to overdo the Jillian Flynn. So the other one would be Sharp Objects. We can kind of take them in tandem. Yeah. Um. So so worth noting for the people out there who really liked Gone Girl, Gone Girl's terrific. She has two other really good books. I would personally say that I think Dark Places was the best of the three. Um, better than Gone that probably, Girl? I thought it was better than Gone Girl, yes. Wow. I thought that Sharp Objects was a little bit tougher of a read Partially because the central conceit is just, it's very tough to get through. Uh, a big, a big part of this is that the, um, the main character is a, it cuts herself. And 
in very very disturbing ways. So it, it, that was that was just tough to read through. Yeah. But the plot is just fascinating. All these books, she's what I think is really cool about Gillian Flynn is that she is decidedly a female writer of female characters. But she does so in a way that really reclaims what women can be in this sort of fiction. Because traditionally speaking, women haven't really appeared much uh, as the as the protagonists of mystery fiction. They're usually in sort of the damsel in distress position. Mm-hmm. Um, and in cases where they are one of the protagonists, they typically appear in much like a much more genteel fashion. Um, but. In these cases, these are just regular old women thrown in tough situations who kind of tough it out. And it's, it's really cool because she also avoids like the superwoman, um, you know, Lara Croft Tomb Raider situation. She just writes like very realistic characters who are put in very stressful situations, uh, in a way that I think is really cool. And Dark Places, I think is, is the highest expression of that, but all three of them are terrific. Well, I think it's interesting you bring that up because like Gone Girl kind of, for me, at times straddled the line of, kind of what you say but like in the opposite fashion like the character in that book is kind of a superwoman in the sense that she's like insanely capable of i don't want to spoil it i guess anyone who's listening to this has probably read gone girl but it's yeah that's that's the only one we're gonna we're okay with spoiling i think is but it never it never like quite crosses that line like gone girl feels very grounded yeah and like in an ups- like a super upsetting way <laughs> but yeah yeah well i think i think probably what you're kind of getting at is that horrifying sequence where she kills the in the movie the neil patrick harris character poor, she, neil, poor nph yeah and poor herself she um we don't need to yeah, get no. into exactly but she does a horrible thing it's really tough but i think the a big part of what jillian flynn is talking about there is sort of the toughness of women in a really cool way. And that's that's what I really like about her. And I think all these were terrific. I'm very excited for the listeners who don't know. There's going to be a Sharp Objects uh, TV show coming out very shortly. I think I just saw today. It's July 8th. And uh, Kyle, um, did you see who will be starring in this? I did not. Oh, well, you'll be happy to know. It's uh, old friend Amy Adams. <sighs> yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, for the listeners who don't know, Kyle uh, has has a bit of a thing for the redheaded ladies, especially, and and pretty much exclusively, fiance Allegis. The little bit of his heart that is reserved for other redheaded ladies is for Amy Adams and Julianne Moore. I don't want you to spoil too much because I will be doing a follow up to my top ten fictional redheads list, <laughs> and those ladies will feature prominently. On, yes. on that list when it eventually comes to this pod. You should, to do a favor to the crowd, wait until after we watch Boogie Nights, uh, for you to rank good friend Julianne Moore. I don't think it's possible for Julianne Moore to get higher on my list based on, or are you, well, we'll see. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I don't know. She might move up on your list. We'll see. Um, all right. So that takes us, yeah. Well, that means I definitely am going to have to read Sharp Objects, like, next so that I can watch this show if Amy Adams is in it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, throw that high on your list. This That's a good one. All right, so that takes us through number six. So I'm going to give you a quick recap, 10 to 6. Uh, number 10, Wilderness of Error by Errol Morris. Number 9, The Magpie Murders by Anthony Horowitz. Number 8, Twisted River by Siobhan McDonald. Number 7, Savage Season by Joe Lansdale. Number 6, Dark Places slash Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn. 
Fantastic. So, we, are, we are in our top five. Number five, number five is the, I'm going to go with the third book of an ongoing series that I love, love. And that is the Cormoran Strike series from old friend Robert Galbraith, a.k.a. J.K. Rowling, a.k.a. Joe Rowling, a.k.a. a.k.a. Grammy Joe. There we go. <laughs> yes. So, so this series is, uh, basically the setup is there's a former British Marine named Cormoran Strike, which is quite an interesting name. Uh, and he is joined by his assistant, um, whose name is Robin Ellicott. And together they wow. solve crime. And it is a wonderful series. So the first one, which is Cuckoo's Calling, which a lot of people probably heard about, yeah. uh, was very good. The second one, The Silkworm, was was good. Career of Evil was outstanding. It. My dad and I actually read it consecutively, I want to say. I read it like, call it Monday to Wednesday. And this was a long book. It just was so good. I read it like Monday to Wednesday was done. Handed it to him. He read it like Wednesday to Friday. We were both done just in record time because it was so so good and that's another hallmark of the Gillian Flynn novels is that they just blow by because they're Mm -hmm. so good and that was that was my experience of Career of Evil I'm like I'm like 70% sure that we just actually read these ones too and it was the same thing where she was like oh I started this book and then like two days later I was like hey how's that book going she's like oh yeah I'm on the third book oh fuck yeah yeah I believe it It, that's how that's what happens with these ones also worth noting uh Grammy Joe is working on a fourth right now that I think is coming out later this year. And for anybody out there who's saying, but Miguel, how could a book written by J.K. Rowling that is not a Harry Potter be good? Yes. Casual vacancy sucked butts. It was terrible. She tried way too hard to shed the Harry Potter image. Blah, 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 blah. Flush that. With the Cormoran Strike series, she goes back to what she does best. It's funny, quick good writing have no fear very good all right for all you yeah. uh for all you harry potter fans that are eager to find something that she has written including me because i have never i haven't read anything that she's done outside of harry potter and i'd like to rectify yeah that. for the love of uh all that is holy skip casual vacancy but do not skip the cormorant strike series all right fair enough all right so clocking in at number four is probably one of maybe the maybe the second most widely read book on this list number four is a book that i know that you really like i do know that fiance allegis likes longtime girlfriend caroline likes it dylan hopefully by the time this pod is being broadcast awesome hero friend wonderful guest host hero of the pod hero of the pod also likes this uh this next one is devil in the white city yeah i had that on my my list here in case you missed it yeah. So, Kyle, why don't you talk about Devil in the White City a little bit? Devil in the White City is, uh, it's gonna, it's, it's, I'm, I, I'm gonna forget his name. Do you, you Dr. H.H. H. Holmes. Or no, the, uh, the author. Oh, Eric Larson. Eric Larson. He has this habit, or not habit, this style. Great skill. <laughs> yeah. It's really unique in that he picks a certain time frame or a certain event or a certain period and he tells mm-hmm. you the story of it from two differing perspectives. So in this case, yep. 
It's the 1893 Chicago... It's the World Exposition, basically the World's Fair. In 1893, it's being hosted in Chicago. And he tells the story of how Chicago was chosen as the site for this fair. And by the way, that's how the Windy City nickname came about, because of all the blustering that people did in Chicago to try to get the fair to come to Chicago. So he tells the story of the engineers and landscape architects who put together the plan to build this basically city in an incredibly short amount of time. So from an engineering perspective, it's really a fascinating book. It's really amazing to hear how they were able to plan and and build all this in, in a very short time frame. Concurrently, while all of this engineering and science was taking place, Dr. H. H. Holmes was taking advantage of the fact that very many young foreign, maybe not super familiar with the area, women were going to be in town for this fair, and he devised a way and did all sorts of things basically to lure them in and murder them. This guy is a a serial murderer. So many times over. Yes. And I I think in the book, it's, it's confirmed he killed a certain number of people, but they suspect he killed on the order of three to four times as many as were ever proven. There was a, yeah, there was a discussion of potentially hitting triple digits. Like crazy. Like this guy was a lunatic. And it's really cool to see the backdrop is this amazing event in American history. And then to have it told Mm -hmm. from these two different perspectives is really, really cool. And I will say as someone, I, I read, I moved to Chicago about three years ago. And this is one of the first books I read after I moved here. And it's really cool to see the stuff that is still around today that is still affected by what happened at the World's Fair. I don't want to give anything away because it's part of the joy of reading the book. And I will also say as a civil engineer and someone who really appreciates the kind of the more um, grounded side of this story, this is one of my favorite books that I've ever read. But it definitely, it, it, it jumps back and forth and there's no debating that the parts that follow are our serial murder friend are definitely very gripping and very reminiscent of gone girl. Cause it's kind of the same, like highly functioning sociopathic kind of character that can kind of get what he wants basically just through charm, which is so unnerving because yeah, outwardly this guy seemed like he was totally on the up and up and potentially will be played by Leo DiCaprio. So like that's, that's the type of person we're trying to picture here. Exactly. I obviously can't vouch for any of the other books on this list so far because I haven't read them, but I would highly recommend Devil in the White City, even if you have no attachment whatsoever to the practice of engineering or murdering people or Chicago. It's Eric Larson's yeah. a very talented writer, and I think one of the coolest things about this book, like you mentioned a little bit with Wilderness of Error, this book is basically documentary style. There, He takes yeah. a couple of liberties very briefly in the book where he imagines what it would have been like in a room with this murderer where no one could possibly have recorded anything. But the rest of the book is based on documented facts and witness accounts, newspapers, journals, diaries, letters, all of that. But he writes it like a narrative. It's really, really well done. Um, I can't recommend this book highly enough. Absolutely. And if you happen to start going down that rabbit hole, I'm looking at several of his other books and they're all just as good and they're all structured similarly. I know you read Thunderstruck, right? No, I actually, I have that book and I just haven't read it yet. Oh, okay. That's on my list. 
Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> Throw more on Kyle's list. But at any rate, yes, Eric Larson is terrific. A lot of the things that make Julian Flynn such a good writer are things that Eric Larson does quite well. So definitely worth a read. It has the Kyle stamp of approval. Two thumbs way up. Thumbs way up. So that is through number four. So that means it's time for some honorable mentions. Is that oh, right, yeah. Kyle? That's right. Oh, yeah. All right. So I'm just going to hit a couple. Uh, I'll hit them real quick. Uh, the Indian Bride. So this one is apparently number like seven of the Inspector Sire. Sager. I don't uh, speak Norwegian, so I'm not <laughs> totally sure. Um, but at any rate, this, I guess, part of a series. Just a really good book. Uh, the folks in some of the Nordic countries have really, really used their free time in the dark to write some really screwed up stuff. And this is no exception. Basically, this very lonely uh, Norwegian guy ends up finding a woman on the internet, meets her, and things don't go so well. Okay. Uh, so that was a very that was a very good one, worth a read. Uh, I have listed here Sharp Objects, another good one to uh, take a read. We discussed that one. One that I read recently that was made into a movie that apparently was not very good, unfortunately, because it had the great, the wonderful, the large wienerd. Michael Fassbender in it. Uh, this one would be The Snowman. So this is also part of a series, the Harry Hole series, which is just truly a terrible name, <laughs> but a really good book. It's be- this one, I mean, this was another one that I read so quickly because it just, it was so well written and was really quick. Uh, very Sherlock Holmesy in the characterization. Just very good book, worth reading. Um, another one to read if you like kind of thinking about the human psyche uh, and trying to dive into why somebody would do something terrible. Um, and obviously as you read Gone Girl, there, there are a few of those. Uh, so this is, this is a good one. It's Hyde. So it's by Daniel Levine. It's a modern take on Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So this one kind of goes more deeply into the thinking of Hyde as this process is going on. Really good book, really well written, fun, kind of spooky. Um, it's a little bit more of like a, a spooky type book than Gone Girl, but I think it's adjacent to what makes Gone Girl so good. Um, I don't know why this one is batting cleanup, but this was just one that I also th- thought would kind of fit with the folks who would like this, which is, uh, the Physic Book of Deliverance Dane. So this was one that Caroline uh, recommended to me. Yeah, this was a funky one. So basically this one is about a researcher in the Massachusetts uh, area near where the Salem witch trials occurred who is doing some research and kind of slowly starts to realize that she has some more connection to the witch trial than she expected. Uh, I think this was a big She's Oprah a book, I want to say. Uh, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe. <sighs> Probably. I, I don't remember totally, but I think that's probable. Um, <laughs> I think that's kind of what I remember, but really good one. So actually I take that back. That's not going to back clean up. The last one I want to mention on the honorable mentions is a book called Indian Killer. Um, so this one, two books with the word Indian in it, one referring to a person from India, this one referring to a Native American. So this is a book by a guy named Sherman Alexi. Uh, who's a terrific writer. He's written a lot of uh, really interesting books. Um, one called Reservation Blues that was really popular. But this one is about a uh, a very poorly named serial killer because he's called the Indian Killer, but he's not killing Indians. He is an Indian. So very poorly named. Uh, yes. But so basically it's, it's kind of this like weird... The Indian Killer. Uh, right. Exactly. 
<laughs> it takes place, I want to say it takes place in Seattle. Um, but basically what's happening is this Native American is killing white men and scalping them in the modern day Seattle. And it's a really interesting book. It was written in the 90s uh, at a time when Native American rights were kind of a real kind of simmering topic. And uh, it's a really angry, really interesting, thought-provoking book about racial violence. Um, just really good. It's in a similar way to Gone Girl. It takes a very pulpy, kind of predictably twisty, if that if that's possible, which I think it is. You don't know the twist, but you know it's going to be twisty type story, but surprises you by telling something that's a lot deeper and more thought-provoking than you thought. So that's that's the final one on the honorable mentions. Okay. So our top three. Uh, number three is a book that I would be willing to bet a lot of people have read. Probably the most popular book on this, even more than Devil in the White City. But a book that, if you liked Gone Girl, you're going to love. Number three, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yes, I figured this would be high on the list. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those books that it was the rare bestseller, gonna be a movie book that everybody read that just it didn't even come close to disappointing like it wasn't even close to disappointing me it blew away my expectations it's a really cleverly plotted um locked room mystery it's like a locked island mystery um spoiler alert it's like it gets a little bit cheaty with that but whatever uh it's really cleverly plotted um also this is another one that i uh, Apparently, uh, Stieg Larsson had some, the basic idea of why he wrote this was to expose flaws in the Swedish welfare system. That was not my reading of this book. No. But, <laughs> yeah, no, that wasn't exactly what I got out of it. I mean, but it was, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like there's some, there, no question. There are definitely some problems from some what I can tell. Some reform there could have gone a long way for poor Elizabeth, but, um, yeah. <laughs> But that's not really what I took. That's not like when I shut the book, when I was done with it, I go, you know, they really ought to fix yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I think that Stig Larson accidentally wrote too good of a book to kind of tell that story. This is a lot bigger than that. It's just a really great book with a great, both the female and the male leads. So Lisbeth Salander is excellent, as is Mikael Blomqvist. They're really good. Um, they're really like well done characters. As Kyle and I have joked about uh, in the past, somewhat curiously cast uh, putting Daniel Craig in a movie where he does a Swedish accent for five minutes, literally five minutes, and then stops the rest of the movie. But the movie was great. People say that the Swedish version is even better. I don't know. I love the American version. Yeah, I love the American version. We we like we quote that movie more than I think we realize we do. When, yes. uh, well, obviously the. The popper and the um with the towels, but also there's this hilarious listeners. Scene. We'll explain that to you someday. Maybe there's this hilarious scene where, like, at the end of the movie, <laughs> Daniel Craig's character like has this sudden realization while having intercourse, and he's like, yes. "Oh my god, I figured it out! I have to tell you this right away!" And she's like, "Not right now!" <laughs> and like, she's like, "Shut up!" And like, won't let him yeah. talk until he no. until she's done. It's like, a really unintentionally hilarious scene. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's that scene did not make a whole lot of sense in the context of that movie. Was certainly not in keeping with the way those characters were characterized, but it was wonderful. That's beside the point. Yes. This was one of those books that, like, 
I was sneaking moments whenever I could to get a yeah. couple of pages in. Like this is the definition of an edge of the seat page turner. It yeah. feels like a really classic mystery novel, but it also feels super modern because of yeah, like very intentionally. Like in I don't know, and it, the fact that it's not set in the states gives it this kind of like it's really a fantastic book. <laughs> Yeah, totally. And I think you kind of latched onto something that's also a hallmark of Gone Girl, which is that it it both feels like a really modern and a really classic novel. And that's one thing that I think connects it to Girl with Dragon Tattoo. It's worth noting that there are two more books in this series that are really good. They're just like, like if this is a closed door murder mystery, the second two basically function as one book and they're more of police slash crime thrillers. Yeah, and they're they're, really, they're it's like reading a totally different book. Yeah, it but that's like certainly not a uh, a damnation of those books. They're really good. They're just not really at all like the first one. No, not at all. Definitely worth reading. Still, I also hear from fiance Lee just that it wasn't Stieg Larsson because he passed after he wrote uh, Hornet's Nest, but someone wrote a fourth book amended to the end of this series and apparently it's not as good as the first three but we just enjoyed it so mm. i might have to give that a read i don't know what it's called uh, oh though. one yeah i don't remember either one that I, is not going to be on this list and i hope whoever is listening who is responsible for this hears this and knows that all listeners have been punished for your misdeeds the reason that this book that i'm about to mention is not on this list is because it's not on my bookshelf I don't know where it is. Somebody must have stolen it. They're probably borrowing it and haven't given it back. Steve, I don't think you listen to the podcast. That's my brother-in-law. Uh, but if you are listening to this, I think you might have it. I don't know. God, I really Girl on I the train. Girl on the train. Uh, it's, it's a really good book. Definitely in keeping with many of the themes of Gone Girl. I don't know who you are who has this out here. Give it back because the listeners are missing out on this. It's this is not a recommendation. It's definitely not me. I no, don't have it's it. it's not you. I listened to this book, the audiobook, which was mm-hmm. really fun, actually, to listen to it. Yeah. Unlike the movie, it's not set in New York. It's set in England. And so, mm-hmm. uh, and the perspective changes multiple times, which I always enjoy in an audiobook to hear from yeah. hear different voice actors or the same voice actor do different voices. Mm-hmm. This is, I read this one about a year ago. It's quick. This is like... Yeah, this is really quick. It's a really fast one. And if you're in the mood for something really enjoyable and something you're not going to have to think like too much about, and even though it's super dark, it's kind of a feel-good story, I would say, Yeah. by the end of it. The movie was okay. It was fine. I don't think it was as bad as people said. Yeah, it was fine. But this was this was definitely on my list, too. I had it here in my honorable mentions. Yeah, alas, it can't be on the list, but at any rate, yeah. Um, all right, so we are in our top two. Booyah. So number two, <clears throat> pardon me, number two is a book that I read about a year ago and just freaking loved. It's going to feel a little bit different than some of these other books, but I didn't want to stick just with books that were like the same book. Number two is His Bloody Project by Graham McRae Burnett. Uh, so this book came out in 2016, I believe, and it was shortlisted for the Booker Prize. So it's a very, very, very well-received book. It's written by a Scottish author, Burnett, uh, and it takes place, I want to say, in the 1800s, 
And it's very unclear whether this murder that the, um, the story documents really happened or not. I don't think it did, but it purports to be historical fiction about a multiple murder that occurred in the Scottish Highlands uh, about 150 years ago. It is so good. It is so brilliantly written. Basically what the situation you have here is, is this teenage boy who's kind of on the edge of being a man whose dad is exactly, I mean, exactly what you think, like the exact dick that you'd expect a Scottish dad from the 1800s who's dirt poor and lives in the Highlands. And this whole book, they focus a lot on, uh, they harvest, um, I don't think it's peat, but they have, they have these tools, which you hear a lot about those tools come back that they use to chop down these reeds and to get like these weeds from the ocean and they they just pile them and that's like the whole book and he's just he's miserable his dad's a jerk and it's all building to this horrible ending and you know it's coming the whole time and in the same way as gone girl it gives you like this really interesting sort of bird's eye view of somebody cracking and falling apart uh, and the book follows this kid from his life to the murders to his time uh, in trial and in prison. There's some really sort of amateurish um, psychology that that's conducted. Um, it's fascinating. I think the the through line from Gone Girl to this is uh, if you're really interested in the psychology of what drives somebody to do something extreme, this is a really good example of that. It has a really similar way of accessing somebody's inner life. Um, holy crap. It, it's dark. It's really freaking good, though. And it's quick. It's a quick one. It's a really good read. I'm for sure going to have to recommend this to my dad. This like fits right in the middle of his Venn diagram of really dark yeah. murder stories. And also yeah. ever since he saw, what the hell was it called? It's a really shitty movie with Amy Adams where like they go to Ireland or something. Yes. Um, I've seen it. She, she gets married and it's like, yeah. uh, they have, Leap they year. have the honeymoon there. Yes. Leap year. That's the one. It's a ridiculous movie. I remember them sleeping in beds in a horrible Irish cottage and they're really cold. My dad has an irrational love of leap year. And I feel like that's if, amazing. I, he, he bought a movie. Like he doesn't buy anything and he bought a movie. He owns the movie poster <laughs> for leap year. He's obsessed with it. And I stop. I, that's not true. You just I'm, made that up. Mike, I'm serious. And so, like, he loves Leap Year, and he loves really dark murder mysteries. So, a dark murder mystery novel that takes place... I don't understand this is Scotland and not Ireland, but that part of the world... Yeah. I'm, like, as soon as we are done here, I'm texting my dad. Wow. I'm very giddy. Who the hell knew? Yeah. It's one of his weird things. Wow. That is an interesting thing. I like that. Yeah. Um. All right. So, we are on to number one. Number one on the list. So number one is a book called Case Histories by Kate Atkinson. So it doesn't actually have a plot summary on the back. And I don't want to get too into the plot because it's tough to kind of go into it without giving away too much. But I'll read the quick little blurb they have on Wikipedia. It's It introduces Jackson Brody, a former police inspector and now private investigator. The plot revolves around three seemingly unconnected family tragedies. The disappearance of a three-year-old girl from a garden, the murder of a husband by his wife with an axe, and the apparently motiveless murder of a solicitor's daughter. For those of you non-Brits out there, that's a lawyer. 
so that also spoiler might be a top 10 at some point um so this one british phrases that i really like um (laughs) (laughs) it'll be like a slightly self-indulgent pod but we'll do it when i'm feeling down at trivia the other day it's worth this tangent one of the questions was it gave you three words and they the to get the answer right you had to provide the extraneous letter that british people spell that word with Oh, stop. Didn't they didn't do pajamas? They couldn't have. No, unfortunately not. But we were there with uh, Jameson and uh, Tal's boyfriend, Joe, who literally just got back from studying abroad in London. Mm -hmm. And so we nailed that question. We still came in last, but we got that one right. Well, I'm happy you got that. Yes, me too. Please proceed. So Case History... Yes, so Case Histories is a terrific book. Um, This is a book that you should read if you like books, reading humanity stuff i'd say pretty much anything this is a really good book um i was looking through to see if there were any like notable awards or anything on this so i don't know if it actually won any awards but stephen king referred to it as the best mystery of the decade oh fuck and yeah the reviews on this are ridiculously good let me just find one this one from people, each character is multi-layered and none gets short shrift, but just as gratifyingly, each case is a real mystery with twists, surprises, and intriguing resolutions. We have delightful, strange, funny, and absolutely right. It was listed as one of the best books of the year by the San Francisco Chronicle, Entertainment Weekly, Boston Globe, Kansas City Star, Salon.com. It's like, it's crazy. This one, oh, this is the, this one I gotta read. The mysteries are as satisfying as anything dreamed up by Raymond Chandler, a wonderful writer in his own right. But the beauty of the novel lies in its spot-on characterizations, pitch-perfect observations of contemporary culture, and a sharp, wisecracking narrative voice. This book was so good. It was so sad. It was so impactful. It just It's such a good read. I really couldn't recommend it more highly to anybody who's looking for a really good mystery in the vein of Gone Girl where they want to feel a lot of the the, the most... The, the things they felt most strongly at the best parts of Gone Girl, you feel a lot throughout uh, case histories. So a question I have for you. I am currently yes. in the process of vetting some potential books for my office's book club. Are mm-hmm. there any books on this list that you would recommend for a professional setting? That is such a good question. Let me take a quick look. Uh, this, I actually will note, this kind of topic came up recently because my parents are selling their home and my mom was staging my bedroom, my childhood bedroom to look like something that somebody should purchase. And she had put a couple books out and I noticed, I was like, mom, eh, I don't know. We might want to take that book called medical apartheid uh, off the shelf. I'm not sure that's going to play super well. Who knows who's going to buy this house? Let's take that one away. So we've got to be careful with the setting. I would say that the magpie murders would be very work appropriate um, and definitely a crowd pleaser. So that's the other element. I think that would be a real crowd yeah. pleaser. Uh, Devil in the White City, you know, obviously would be actually, very work. That was yes. one of the first ones we read for this book club because I happen to <laughs> I work with a bunch of people that live in Chicago and are yes. engineers <laughs> and are engineers. Yeah, those are strong things. Douche. I'm looking through the rest of this. There is a lot of sex and violence in these books. Yeah. Uh, a couple of the things that really connect it to Gone Girl. But Magpie Murders is is probably okay. the one. Okay, perfect. That's all I needed, just one. Yeah. 
Cool. Uh, so that's, that's the list as I put it together. Those are 15, including honorable mentions, I think, books yeah. that I think Gone Girl fans would love. I think what we should do is not debate this order at all, because I think yeah. you've just put this list together. I think to end it, I, if you don't mind, I'll throw in a couple of books Please. that I think people would like if they had read Gone Girl and enjoyed that. Yeah, let it rip. So, speaking of Stephen King, I read a book of his that came out a couple years ago called 112263. Oh, I know you love this one. Oh, I, oh my God, I loved it. It was a, a beautiful book and not quite as like off the rails as a lot of other King's works go. Basically it's a, a dude that time travels to prevent the assassination of JFK. You know, it's, it's really not that it's not nearly as dark as girl or uh, gone girl, but I think there are a lot of similar elements and it's also just a really pleasurable read. And it's, it's kind of weird to say that it's a murder mystery because I don't know. There's a lot of controversy surrounding that particular event in history. And this book is a really interesting fictionalized way to look at that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And King's been doing this for such a long time. I think he's really got it down. And uh, I really like this one. I never watched the, sh- the show with... I Was think it James, James Franco? I think it was James Franco. But I probably should have because I-, I love this book. Yeah. A book that you and I both read and loved, American Gods. I think... Yeah. It's... It's not a murder mystery, but I have a hard time thinking that anyone that read Gone Girl wouldn't really enjoy it. Um, I don't know. It's, I think the only reason I'm I'm putting it in this grouping is because it's just it's got this like unsettling kind of dark aura around it, and it's yeah. definitely extremely supernatural. So it doesn't quite fit like the the grounded murder mystery, but. Again, I think that's a good a book that's too good to not mention at some point if people are going to be yeah. looking for well, things to read. I'm with you on that. I think what's interesting is sometimes books that really aren't of the same genre just feel connected. Like some of the books that I found myself thinking about, I'm like, I don't know why I'm thinking about this in connection with Gone Girl. It doesn't feel similar. It just, you know, it just it, it is in some way. It's some way spiritually connected to it. Speaking of which, this next one, I don't know if I'd actually recommend anyone read this per se i was on a bit of a classics binge and i read turn of the screw have you ever read turn of the screw i have that would be a terrific book for a gone girl fan yeah it's uh it's more of a horror story it's oftentimes credited with kind of like the not the invention but the popularizing of ghost storytelling yeah but for some reason it popped into my head when we were talking about kind of the feelings that you get when you read gone girl i don't think turn of the screw is for everybody it's it's an older book and it and it shows but yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I'm cheating a little bit here, but I'm going to do it. Two graphic novels that I think someone would enjoy. I know you've read both of them. Uh, Gotham by Gaslight is a really cool take on Batman and Jack the Ripper that takes place in yep. 19th century England. And The Long Halloween, I think, is like one of the best. I, I, won't, I won't even say just graphic novels. It's like one of the best things I've ever read. Yeah. It's amazing. And no spoilers here. It's even more connected with Gone Girl than you would think as you're reading it. So I love The Long Halloween so much. Yeah, it's a great one. And the last one I have, and this is this would like open up such a crazy can of worms, but I'm going to do it anyways. There are a million movies and TV shows that you should watch if you liked Gone Girl. The only one, literally a million. But the one I want to mention here, because it's among the best things I've ever watched on television is True Detective Season 1. 
Yeah. If you liked Gone Girl, you'll definitely love True Detective. I know it's off topic, but... No, it's not totally off topic, because now it, you know how you're baiting me a little here. If you're going to say True Detective Season 1, there are a few other shows we need to discuss really briefly. <laughs> I think there are three. I'll start. I'll go in ascending order of greatness. Uh, Broadchurch, that one swept the UK by storm. It is, like Gone Girl, quick and sharp and dark and funny and a lot of different things kind of all wrapped up into one really cool package. Amazing. If you like David Tennant, the guy who played Bartimus Crouch uh, in Goblet of Fire, you will love this. Uh, you will love the woman whose name I, I don't actually know, who plays Ellie Miller uh, on the show. Who you'll now know, because she's in a bunch of stuff now. Uh, you'll love it. It's a, it's a terrific show. Uh, another one is Happy Valley. This is one that longtime girlfriend Caroline and I just finished uh, the second season of. Incredible. Uh, explores a lot of social issues in modern day uh, England. Um, particularly the, the drug abuse problems that are going on in the UK. It's similarly features a very strong female protagonist, uh, in just a wonderful role. It's really, it's actually written by a woman, which is very rare for a television show, um, about crime. It's really cool. Definitely a good one. But number one on this list of shows you should watch if you, uh, read these. If you like this book or this movie, is what I think I, I I think I'm willing to declare is my favorite television show of all time. It's been one of the great viewing experiences of my entire life. Is The Missing. The Missing season one talks about a British family that goes on vacation in France and their son Oliver goes missing, and it takes uh, a few different timelines. It looks 2006 when he went missing. As well as, I think, 2012, uh, which is the year that the father finds a new clue that might help crack the case. Uh, it also dips briefly into 2009. And it is just stunning. There, there, I don't even want to talk about anything. It's It will hit you so hard in the gut so many times. So brilliantly. Amazing. A lot like Gone Girl. All fantastic. Yeah. So sorry I pulled this away a little bit from what your intention was with Booker, no. but No, this it, is to help the peoples. I yeah. I think we've just provided folks with a lot of content and even if you get it to one of these things, hopefully you yeah. you get something new that maybe you wouldn't have stumbled across otherwise and get some joy out of it. So Absolutely. do you wanna go through your your list of top ten books that you would like if you liked Gone Girl? I would absolutely love to. All right, so number 10, Wilderness of Error by Errol Morris. Number 9, The Magpie Murders by Anthony Horowitz. Number 8, Twisted River by Siobhan McDonald. Number 7, Savage Season by Joe Lansdale. Number 6, Dark Places, also by Gillian Flynn. And if you like, Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn. Number 5, A Career of Evil by the artist formerly known as J.K. Rowling. Number four, Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. Number three, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo by Stieg Larson. Number two, His Bloody Project by Graham McRae Burnett. And number one, the number one book you ought to read if you really liked Gone Girl, Case Histories by Kate Atkinson. Fantastic, Mike. I think I will probably work. I can't decide which order I want to do this in, but I would like to read all of these books at some point. It's going to take me a while, but I'll get to them, I think. 
That's all right. This is a multi-year initiative. <laughs> That's true. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, pal. Alrighty, friends. That was our top 10 for this week, but now we'd love to hear your top 10. So please check us out on all of our available social media outlets, traditional outlets, whatever outlets we have. Check us out on Twitter at top10km. That's all spelled out, top10km. Our email, top10km, spelled the same way, at gmail.com. Or our site, top10km.podbean.com. All forms of communication accepted except for serial killer notes. Please don't send us any of those. If you like the pod, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never have to miss an episode of Top 10 ever again. If you didn't like it, please tell us why. We'll try to make the show better. Our theme music was composed by Kevin McLeod, and our artwork was created by Aaron Sant. You can check out her stuff at Sant Design on Instagram. Alrighty, goons. We'll see you next week.